I wish everyone realized that they're divine beings. So we aren't just us here in this human body. We are much more to what we've been told. And I think that's really important. That's the first thing that you need to recognize is that we're very powerful beyond measure and we can create our reality. We can create things in our existence. We can create the life that we desire to live. Hello, and welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection and connectedness on this podcast, our connection with everything in the world around us. Whether you see it or not, we're all connected, and it doesn't matter if it's our dog, our cat, our God, our body, and I'll also talk about some more abstract connections like our career or our land, our community, our emotions, your body. Life is all about connection, so the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we can have an easier, more meaningful life. I will talk about these connections through different lenses, things like synchronicities and coincidences, or just everyday little bits of magic and miracles that we we usually dismiss. It's really important that we pay attention to all of this so we can live an easier, more meaningful life. So welcome to the show. I'm your host, Karen Cleveland. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am really excited to have someone here who I have talked with before on her podcast. Tanya Braddock is a quantum practitioner who activates others on how to tune into their own inner guidance naturally and intuitively. Tanya specializes in EFT tapping, the emotion code, and quantum healing hypnosis. She is the host of the Existential Empath podcast, where she shares her unique journey on how she maintains her frequency while navigating life as an intuitive empath, and also dialogues with special guests to bring unique and conscious expanding topics to her audience. It's a big pleasure to have you here today, Tanya. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Karen. It's a pleasure to be a guest versus a host today. Yeah, that's right. So I get to ask you the questions, and I have a lot of questions I want to ask you, but what I would love to start with is kind of your journey to helping other people with the modalities that you use, and from talking with you, I know you have some synchronicities and coincidences in your life, so also want to start with that before we talk a little further about what you do. Absolutely. So my journey has been quite interesting, so to speak. So I worked in the healthcare field for nearly 20 years in the facet of death, dying, and loss. And so I grew up in a family that had a funeral home. I was around death, you know, quite often. This was my uncle's business that was running. However, there were times when I spent time there often. So when I went into college, I knew there was probably some sort of facet around death that I would be working around, but I wasn't really sure what that looked like. And so when I got out of college, my first job was working for a software company, which couldn't have been any more different than working around death and loss. But as time went on, I started to find my little niche in nonprofit. So I worked for a blood center. I worked for a hospice. And then later on, I worked for organ and tissue donation. That's when I started to really realize I had these intuitive, empathic abilities is when I was working with people who were losing their loved ones on a regular basis. And I was beginning to have contact from the other side regularly. Now, at this time, I did not realize that I was going through a significant amount of physical pain as well. 
And I didn't know that I was literally picking up a lot of the emotional baggage that these families were carrying for the loss of their loved ones. I was literally picking it up and throwing it in my backpack. And it was causing me tremendous amounts of pain. I had severe back pain to the point where it took me 30 to 45 minutes every morning just to stretch to get out of bed. I could not jump out of bed. I was finding myself crying quite often over families that maybe I had worked with a month or two prior. And I didn't really recognize what was happening in the moment. Well, fast forward a year or two, after all that was happening, I was going through all those dynamics. I was invited to an energy healing conference in Layton, Utah. So at this time, I was living in Florida. I traveled to Utah and spent probably seven to 10 days there, I believe. It was gorgeous. That's when I was sitting in the audience listening to a gal talking about being empathic and picking up on the emotions of others and understanding unprocessed emotions and trapped emotions and all of these things. And all these light bulbs were going off in my head like, whoa, that kind of sounds like me, especially working around all of these grieving families. And so I went back to Florida and I felt like a different person. I felt like a new person. So this started my path of learning more about energy medicine, energy psychology, and it guided me to learn about applied kinesiology or what some call muscle testing, learning how to communicate with my subconscious mind. It then guided me into the emotion code, which is where we use muscle testing to see where emotions are trapped in the body because each organ within our body holds certain emotions. Like the liver, for example, holds a lot of anger. The gallbladder can hold bitterness and resentment and things like that. The kidneys hold fear. And so I started to learn where my emotions were trapped and I started to use myself as a guinea pig. So I was just muscle testing away and I began to recognize I was feeling lighter. I was feeling happier. I wasn't in as much pain anymore. I was processing some of the emotions that I was dealing with moving from one family to the next family to the next family, you know, in that job. And so then that led me down a path of I had actually manifested this, not knowing about manifesting at the time or the law of attraction, but I used some of these techniques to manifest a free EFT tapping week-long stay at Disney. Oh my gosh, at Disney? So yeah, Dawson Church was there, all of these kind of higher-end EFT tapping practitioners. And I had submitted an essay on you know where I was at, how I was sent to this energy healing conference and learning all this stuff. Well, I ended up winning this and I was able to really dive into it. Now, I lived in Orlando at the time, so I wasn't staying on the Disney Resort. I was actually driving down. I was maybe 30 minutes out driving down, doing the classes and then coming home. So I really just won the conference, so to speak. And so that kind of guided me down that path of EFT tapping. And that in itself started to really release things much faster for me. So I learned the applied kinesiology, the emotion code. Then I learned EFT tapping. Well, during this time, and this is where some of those synchronicities come into play, I knew it was time for me to leave my healthcare job. I knew it was going to be time for me soon to move. I had lived in Florida for roughly 20 years, and I wanted to live somewhere with seasons. And I knew I wanted to live somewhere in the mountains or near the mountains. I just didn't know where that was. I didn't know if it was Tennessee. I didn't know if it was the Pacific Northwest. So what I started to do 
was book some seven to 10 day vacations. You know, while I was at this job, I had a lot of what they called PTO or paid time off. So I started to use that to see, okay, Tanya, where do you want to live? Where do you want to relocate to? And I literally would ingrain myself into these locations as if I lived there. Okay. So I'd get an Airbnb, <laughs> pretend it was my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go to Whole Foods, pretend I was doing that in the morning, you know, these different things. Did you ever pretend that you were going to work? No, I did not. I never pretended I went to work, but I was, I knew in the back of my mind, I was meant to create my own path. I knew that I was going to be establishing my own business. I just didn't know what that looked like, you know, yet. <laughs> and so I know I, I had shared this story with you on my podcast when you were a guest on mine and you said, could you please share this story with us? And so when I lived in Florida, I had a friend and okay, I'm five foot 11. I'm a, I'm a tall gal. Okay. And I had a friend, this guy who was shorter, he was probably five foot three or four. And he are, we had nicknames for each other, Squirrel. I called him Squirrel and he called me Giraffe. Okay, so this was in itself just a really funny story. Well, I had told him, listen, I just booked a trip out to Boise, Idaho. For some reason, I want to go explore that area. I want to explore Idaho, Oregon, and some of northern Utah. That area, I'm just not really sure I want to be. So I booked my trip out to Boise and I said to him, if I see a giraffe, I'm going to know that this is where, this is the state that I'm meant to be in. If I, whatever state I see the giraffe in, I know that's where I'm meant to be. So this was just my beginning stages of synchronicities. You know, I was just kind of putting that out into the universe. So I get out there and I'm out there for a few days. And now this is October. So it's a beautiful time in Boise. It's the, the leaves are changing. There's a fall crisp in the air, you know. So I'm just loving it coming from Florida because it was 95. And so I get out to Boise and one morning I find this beautiful park across from a Whole Foods because I wanted to go get an iced coffee or something. And then I was going to take a walk in this beautiful park. Well, I'm just, I'm in a very heightened state of emotion. I'm joyful. I'm happy. I'm really enjoying this fall scenery. And so I call him on FaceTime and I am just excited. I'm like, look at this. Look at the leaves. Look at the beauty. Look at it. smells so good. You know, I just remember all my senses were on high. Mm -hmm. Well, as we're walking around, I, I'm kind of panning around. I've got my face in it. So I'm panning around and he says, stop, wait, stop. What's behind you? And I said, I don't know, you know, a tree, you know, I'm like, I literally turn, I see it, you know, as I'm looking in my FaceTime, I see it. I'm like, what is this? Is it an animal? I turn around and I'm not even joking, Karen. I turn around. There is a giraffe, a live giraffe standing behind me. Now you're asking me, Tanya, you're in the middle of Boise, Idaho in the city and there's a giraffe. Where is that coming from? Right. That was my question too. Cause he's like, there's your giraffe. Like I can hear him while I'm in awe. My, my jaw's on the ground and I see a live giraffe standing there. Wow. Well, I go to walk over to it and realize that I'm actually in a zoo. Okay, so this park is a zoo. And I didn't even, I had no clue. I just thought beautiful park, pretty bridge, nice scenery, gorgeous trees. I was guided to that. Yeah. Well, then as I walk around the corner, there's two giraffes in there. So I just, I'm tearing up. I am like, oh my goodness, the universe has showed me this sign. Like, I know this is where I'm meant to be. So 
fast forward a little later, I get back to Florida and I am on mission, move to Boise, Idaho. Okay. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Well, nothing was working. Nothing was working. And I thought the universe showed me the sign. You know, I set this intention. The universe showed me the sign, but you've got to remember what I said. I said, if I see a giraffe, that's the state I'm supposed to live in, not the town. So what ended up happening now, this is funny. This is where another synchronicity comes into play because I'm trying to make things happen in Boise and it's just round peg square hole not happening. So uh, I have a Toyota. So I take my car to the dealership. I, I traveled a lot for work. So I was in there often just getting oil changes and tire rotations. Well, I got to know the gal who always took care of me. Her name was Jackie. Well, I come up to the service desk and I say, hi, Jackie, how you doing? I said, you know, this might be my last service request. I need to do a whole bunch of stuff to my car because I'm going to be moving out west. I was already planning this. She says, that's funny you say that. I just had my client right before you just came in and said they're moving to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I thought, where's that? You know, where's Coeur d'Alene? Yeah. So I felt goosebumps in my body the moment she said that. And I said, that's really strange. I just got back from Boise and I'm working on moving out to the Pacific Northwest, whether it be Washington, Oregon, or Idaho. So I had taken that as that was a really weird coincidence, right? That she mentioned that out of the blue. So I get home, start plugging in the computer, Coeur d'Alene, and Everything that I envisioned in my mind before even traveling to Boise, before coming to Utah, was what I wanted when I was looking at pictures of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So let me interrupt for just one minute. When you made the intention of, you know, you will see a giraffe, how did you tell the universe that? Did you just like randomly say it? Did you say it in meditation? How did you make that statement or request to see a giraffe? I just made it to my friend Squirrel and and we laughed about it. It was a very high frequency type of setting an intention, which I didn't even know I was doing at the time, but we were giggling about it. Like if you see, and I was in my mind thinking maybe a sticker of a giraffe, you know, I wasn't necessarily seeing physical, but I spoke it into existence and then we laughed about it, which raised the vibration. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, as I'm on the computer, I'm looking at all these pictures and I am just lighting up my whole body. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is where I need to be is Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Now, if you look at a map of Idaho, Boise's way at the southern end and Coeur d'Alene's way at the tip, you know, almost like to Canada. <laughs> I thought that's a big difference. Yeah. So the funny thing, though, is I did not follow that guidance. I kept looking at Spokane, Washington, which was 30 minutes across the border for some reason. I wasn't following my intuition and I ended up moving to Spokane and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Well, then a year goes by, I'd signed a year lease, year goes by, ended up moving over the border. And I have been here ever since. And I have been so happy. I feel like I live in a Hallmark movie. Literally, that was one of my intentions too. I wanted to live in a town that looked like a Hallmark movie. And if you've ever seen Coeur d'Alene, that's what it looks like. I love that. So isn't that interesting? Such a big difference between... Spokane and Coeur d'Alene. I mean, it is a different state, so it's they're managed differently, but they're so close together. You would think, ah, one in the same, right? And it's city versus country, too. I think that's a big difference. You go into Spokane and it's hustle bustle, you know, a lot of city. And it's like you said, it's a very different state. You cross that state line and you can feel there's a big shift in the energy there, too. But at the time, I didn't recognize that Coeur d'Alene was really what my intuition was 
through the goosebumps, through the synchronicity, through my friend telling me that at Toyota, through the giraffe in Idaho, all these things were telling me, Tanya, here's your guidance. But yet I still didn't follow my guidance. And that was a lesson for me because now I do. Yeah. So tell me about that guidance, if you can. I know it's hard to put into words, but how do you hear or feel your guidance? How do you know what it's telling you? Yeah, and that's a good question. And I, and Karen, I do think it's different for everyone, you know, because I think if I can share my experiences where others may say, no, that's not how I receive guidance, you know. And so I do think it's up to the individual to define that for themselves. Now, me, I'm very clairsentient. Clairsentient means I can feel things very easily. I could be at the grocery store feeling great. And then a gal walks up behind me and my back starts hurting. And I immediately go, oh, that's not mine. That's her pain. But yet that's also made me a better healer working with people too, because I can immediately pick up on things where in the past, before I knew that's what was going on, I took that on as my own. I thought, oh, I have this back pain. I got to go figure out what's going on. So mine is the goosebumps. I call it the cosmic orgasm. It's kind of funny because when I get it, it starts at my feet like a ripple of energy and it rolls up my whole body, out my head. And to me, that tells me truth. You know, if I've set an intention and, and I have that happen, yeah. it'll tell me, Tanya, you need to follow this. This is your guidance. And also too, number sequences. I think that's probably part when people think of synchronicities, they think of different number sequences, right? And so when I moved across the country from Florida to Washington at the time, I was seeing an abundance of the number 44. So 44, 444, it was just in my face the whole time. And for me, I have been able to establish that the goosebumps in correlation with the number 44 is an extremely solid, intuitive step for me to take. It's, it's like a validation. So it's like, okay, I've got the goosebumps. And now I'm seeing the 44. I know that that's the key. That's the combo for me. Now, others out there, may it may be different. You know, could you share maybe, Karen, your experiences on some synchronicities that you know in your heart that that's my path? Yeah, definitely numbers as well. So there was a time, and I don't know how many of my listeners know this, but I ended up marrying a man at, while he was in Kenya. And before he actually moved to the United States, I had all kinds of things come up mentally. Like if I was in a relationship and he was here with me, I would have broke up with him a hundred times. Okay. Because in Kenya, sometimes you just lose your phone call and then you don't talk for a week. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, he doesn't like me anymore. You know, he's not calling back, you know, all this kind of garbage that we tell ourselves. But I continually had guidance like numbers that were like, no, you're on the right path. And then even words sometimes would come to me. I'd sit down and start meditating on it or asking the universe, you know, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, you're going to let your garbage get in the way of this. You know, you're going to let your mindset get in the way of this. Are you going to let his mindset get in the way of this? Anyways, so yeah, kind of the same thing is a lot of times it's numbers. Sometimes I've come to notice that it's my feeling too. Like if I'm feeling nauseous, I know I'm telling myself a lie about something. Oh, yeah. So sometimes it takes me a while to get there. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, duh, what's the lie I'm telling myself about this? That's good. I'll have to tune into that because I didn't really think about using the emotions to see, okay, 
is that a negative thought pattern I have? That's great. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And you're right. They come differently for everyone. And I think we just need to get to know where we are personally. What's my steady state? What's my normal? And then, you know, the positive or the negative from there or not positive and negative, but, you know, feels good, feels bad. Yeah. And I had an experience the other day. I was actually sharing synchronicities with a friend who's very new to this. She's like, Tanya, I'm seeing 111 and 1111, you know, and I said, oh, you're just beginning to recognize the synchronicities. And I was talking about the holographic universe and the matrix and how we can work with it. And it was so funny because I was driving and as I was talking, she was in my passenger seat. I would see cars go by. I said, oh, look, C44. Two cars would go by. Oh, look, 444. To three cars would go by. I'm not even joking. Four, 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 four. And this all happened within less than a mile. And she's like, wow. And then I said, look at the clock, 244. You know, it just was really incessant the way that it was happening. And it was almost like I couldn't see her because I was looking at the road, but I could feel her having these little sparks of awakening, like, oh my gosh, we are living in a universe that we can work with, you know? And so that was a neat experience to visually for me to see an experience, but also for her to see too. Yeah, it's really fun when you start talking about them with other people. And I've recently become, I think since I talked to you last, I've been become immersed in a community where they talk about coincidences intentionally and someone's doing research on them. And it's a lot of fun to hear them. And just to know it's like it's a reaffirmation of what we think or what we're feeling, or we're going in the right direction, the wrong direction, you know, whatever it might be. It's a little wink from the universe, like you're on the right path. It is. It is. Exactly. It's fun. Have you had experiences where they've been overwhelming almost? Like I'll have that. Now I've actually had this experience, almost like I feel like I'm manipulating it a little bit, where I will look at the clock and it'll say, say it'll say 145 and I'll say, oh, I just missed it turn my head, look back, says 144, turn my head, look back again, says 146. And I'm like, did my subconscious just literally mess with me? And I I have that happen. I wouldn't say it happens all the time, but I definitely have had it happen more than once. And I, I've had it in my car. I've had it happen on my car as well as on my stove. And I am like, oh my goodness, like, is that part of our manifesting? You know, like that's us shifting and molding the matrix, you know, working with it and having it be malleable. And those are the times when I I perk right up because I'm like, whoa, did I just do that? Have you had other experiences where you feel like time has shifted like that? Like I know I remember I had one experience where I ended up going on a trip by myself because the person that was going with me just thought the weather was too bad and he didn't want to go. And so I went and my daughter worked where I was going. And anyways, I did a bunch of personal work, healing work on the boat. It was a four-hour ride to see her. And by the time I got there, she tells me, oh, here, they upgraded you to this wonderful room. And I'm like, you know, thinking to myself, why didn't you tell me that before? And I knew it was because she might not have known it before I got on the boat, right? But it actually, she said, happened weeks ago. But anyways, it's like, I just kind of knew that the timeline just kind of warped a little bit and things worked out a little differently. So I've had that happen. I've actually had that happen where people have told me that they've had a full-blown conversation with me and I was like, no, you did not. And then now I begin to realize it was me and another 
timeline, right? It was me in a parallel reality. And the more that you understand that we have the opportunity to shift our timeline any now moment right now, you know, we can do that. And it sounds like if you're doing healing work, you shifted your frequency enough to anchor yourself into another timeline. And I'm actually starting to do some podcasts. I've been being, you know, been reached out by some people. And I'm going to start talking about multidimensional detoxing on how to quantum leap into new timelines. Multidimensional meaning physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And this will help you shift into these new timelines, into quantum leap in a way to raise your frequency or to expand your vibration, you know? And I've been doing this myself, not even really recognizing that I was doing it. But now I'm definitely more consciously aware of what some would call glitches in the matrix. It's really just a glitch in my matrix because we each have our own matrix, right? It's our own universe. I think people get hung up on the matrix like there's one, you know, it's like, no, we're creating it. We're working with it. You know, each and every one of us have that ability to work within our own reality and to shift it. And I think once you get to a point where you even recognize you're doing it, then that's when you can step into your mastery and say, okay, how much can I really change this? It's so fascinating, isn't it? All these things that, you know, no one ever taught us when we were little and maybe they didn't know, but definitely needing to get the word out. So let's talk about what you talk about and the work that you do, the healing work that you do. What would you say is your favorite thing, personal thing for you to help yourself? And then what's your favorite thing when you're helping other people? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, my most favorite thing is to get out into nature. So I've started a, I'm actually being a part of a group of grid workers. We're getting together and we're meeting at sacred sites and we're actually shifting the energy of these sites because a lot of these sites have a lot of denser, heavier energy. And so as we come together, we're learning how to use each of our unique abilities to cleanse the land. And we're getting, you know, we're, we're getting on ley lines. We're doing it at sacred sites, all of this really fun stuff. So. For me, that's something that I enjoy. I do that a lot on the weekends. I, I, you know, I get together here locally with people and do that. When it comes to helping others, I think a lot of it is just, I love the learn, teach kind of aspect to things. I love, you know, like you and I right now, we're teaching and learning from one another and then having others also do that as well. Because I'm a firm believer there's not just one way or the highway. You know, it's all based off of our own perspective. It's all based off of our own frequency and our own consciousness level, right? So when I'm working with people, I, I am starting to shift more from one-on-ones to more group sessions. And I think it's because, you know, it's getting to a, a point where I want to be able to reach more people. So when it comes to EFT tapping, so EFT tapping, really what you're doing is you're using hand movements on certain acupressure points. So most people are familiar with acupuncture, which is a needle that they'll put into those points. Now, EFT is needleless. Okay. So you're using your fingers or even your intention. You don't even really have to tap. Some, some people don't like, you know, don't like the stimulation of the tapping. But really what you're doing is as you're tapping, you're using one hemisphere of the brain. And as you're speaking, you're using another hemisphere of the brain. So what that's doing is it's creating new neural pathways in the body, which is then resetting programs. So if you look at our subconscious like a computer, right, there's all these different programs in there. Could be some viruses in there like you would in a computer. And so really what EFT is doing is it's uh, 
updating those programs, right? It's getting rid of the viruses. It's getting rid of the malware, you know, all that stuff. And it's updating those programs to a more aligned version of you. And it's helping reset some of those beliefs patterns or I call BS belief systems, right? It's all a bunch of BS. It's re, you know, reprogramming those so that way you feel a little bit more aligned with your heart and, and your mind. But I do take it on a quantum level too. So quantum healing hypnosis is, it was actually created by a gal named Dolores Cannon. She's not alive anymore. But uh, if you Google Dolores, that's a really fun rabbit hole to go down. But she was a very famous hypnotist. And the word hypnotize is even scary for people. I look at more like a meditation. So what I'm doing is I'm guiding people on a journey, really. I'm guiding them into a deep theta brainwave state, which theta is the state right when you wake up in the morning, that kind of groggy state that you're in and right before you fall asleep. That's the theta state. Theta is the most malleable state. That's where we can heal. That's where we can really get into the subconscious and start shifting things in there. So I'll take people on a journey. They come to me with their five or 10 questions that they want assistance from. And that could be on any facet. Okay. It could be past lives. It could be current life. It could be galactic. If you want, I even had someone tell me they wanted to meet their dragon. And I said, okay, let's do it. You know, so it really is up to the individual on what they want to gain information from in their subconscious because the subconscious is vast. Right. You know, and so I'm guiding them on a meditative journey into the subconscious to get to a point where they're in such a deep hypnagogic state where I can tune into their higher self and it's bringing that information forward. So now I do use the tapping in those sessions. I use the muscle testing. I use the emotion code. It's really neat how I've learned these modalities and now I can kind of use them together in these states, which is really fun. I can imagine it never occurred to me to use tapping in hypnosis before. I mean, that kind of seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? Well, and I I just was guided to it one day. I was just like, okay, we're going to and the person isn't tapping because they're laying there, you know, they're they're in this is all done online through Zoom just like you and I are. They're laying in their bed very comfortable. They, you know, could have headphones on so they can hear me and I'm recording. Right. But yeah, so I'm literally when I connect to them in the quantum, I'm connected to their energy, almost like a Bluetooth or a Wi-Fi, you know, system. I'm connected to them. And, you know, we're, we're together. We're working. My higher self is working with their higher self and we're working together to heal them on the highest frequency possible. And so some really neat things have happened in these sessions. Like EFT, it's funny because someone will come to me and say, I have anxiety on a scale of one to 10. It's, it's a hundred. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of anxiety. We'll do a few tapping sessions through there. And then I'll say, how's your anxiety? And they say, you know, what anxiety? Like, I don't even really remember why I booked this session. So that's neat when that happens because you know, you've completely erased the record. Now, the way I explain EFT is, you know, you remember the old record players with the needle and you'd put the needle on there. Well, sometimes the record would skip, right? And then what would most people do? They'd pick up the needle and then move it to continue to play that record. Now, what EFT is doing is we're actually taking the needle off, pulling that record off and putting on a brand new record with no skips, right? So it's definitely just kind of wiping the old program, but yet reestablishing a new one in there that's more beneficial to the individual. 
Yeah, I like that. And I love EFT. I've used it for years and I credit much of my, I guess, progress or healing or success to it. So what would you say to someone who, let's say back when you were in healthcare and you were feeling all these things, you didn't know you were an empath, you didn't know you were taking on all these energies. So maybe there's someone listening that thinks maybe they feel like that. Maybe they aren't feeling so good. They don't know what's going on. What would be their first step or a couple of steps to try to do more for themselves? Yeah, that's a great question, Karen. I think one of the easiest things you can do is go sit outside in nature. So what nature will do is if you've picked up a lot of energy from others, nature is going to filter that for you. Okay. So the earth puts off a natural frequency called the Schumann resonance. Now that Schumann is in a beautiful, perfect vibration with our brainwave states as well. So, you know, if we're under a lot of artificial lighting at work or we're under, you know, I worked in a hospital, I was around radiation, I was around everything, electromagnetic frequencies. So my energetic system was very imbalanced. I was always in pain and going to the doctor, they'd tell me I had fibromyalgia. Well, I never took that as my diagnosis. I said, no, it's something else. And so I would notice, though, when I would go out on the weekends, I'd go on a hike or I'd go for a swim in the ocean, my pain would go away. And I thought, well, that's weird. You know, so I started to have these aha moments that nature was very cleansing to me and very healing to me. So I would suggest if someone is picking up on those energies and they may suspect they aren't theirs <laughs> to go spend some time in nature and see if they go away. That would be a good first thing to do, you know, and then learn about how to cleanse your energy, learn about how to raise your vibration, learn about how to provide better self-care for yourself. Oftentimes, empaths are the people pleasers of the world. They're the ones who are out there trying to heal everybody but themselves. Right. Right. So a lot of it is turning that attention away from others, which may seem a little selfish in the beginning because you're so used to give, give, give. But now it's time to turn back in the mirror on yourself and say, how can I give to myself now in a way that is going to charge my battery versus deplete my battery? Yeah, I love that. So speaking of the empaths taking care of the others, being the people pleasers, not saying no, that kind of stuff. Do you have a way that people can not protect themselves, but so they go spend time in nature, they work on the cleansing. I guess what I'm trying to ask, okay, this is a long way around is what do you get out of it when you're helping someone else do that or learning that? Why do you do this? That's what I want to say. Why do you do this? Yeah. So really what it is, is, okay, so we have an energetic field around us. Some call it an aura. You can call it a Merkaba. Okay. So this energetic field around us, we are human batteries. Okay. So we generate energy. Now, when as empaths, if you recognize that you have these intuitive abilities, however, your battery, you go, it's like going to start your car and it's like not turning over. That's where you're depleted. That's a very good indication. You need to recharge your own battery, right? So as you're doing that and learning those techniques and skills, you'll begin to master your energy. So like I said, now, for example, some of my friends like to do paranormal investigations here. That's something that we do. We live in Idaho and Washington. There's a lot of wild energy here. So on the weekends, we do that. What I begin to notice is I don't pick up on the negative energy of the location anymore because I've worked on my frequency enough to not vibrate or not attract those energies. I will notice, though, that some of my team will. 
Now, I will pick up on all of the information, but I won't pick up on the negative physical aspects of it. So working on my empathic abilities, working on raising my vibration, expanding my aura, expanding my light has actually helped me protect. And I don't like to say protect because I do think that's that's also in the mind that you're getting attacked. We want to expand our energy, fill the space. And that now I notice I don't have the negative effects like I would say when I worked in the hospital setting where I was a sponge. I was a Velcro for all of that. Now I can walk into the space confidently with a strong auric shield. I call it Swiss cheese aura. You know, if you think of Swiss cheese and there's all these little holes in it, cheddar is better, right? So just expand your aura, make it sharp cheddar. My analogy, silly analogy. But you really want it to be strong, but not overbearing where you're blasting people away. It's almost like the Care Bears. For those of you who used to watch the Care Bears and how they would shoot light out of their heart space, you know, the Care Bear stare. You want to kind of walk in with this beautiful energy around you that you feel confident that this bubble is yours, you know, that this energy is yours and that you don't have all these hitchhikers coming into your Swiss cheese aura trying to kind of hook up the jumper cable, so to speak, to your battery. So yeah, so I think me learning the lessons of being an empath, learning how to expand my energetic field and now being able to teach others to do the same, it empowers them. It really empowers them and it helps them heal multidimensionally, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in the long run. Yeah. What do you wish everyone knew and what do you wish everyone would stop doing? Oh, good question. Well, I wish everyone realized that they're divine beings. So we aren't just us here in this human body. We are much more to what we've been told. And I think that's really important. That's the first thing that you need to recognize is that we're very powerful beyond measure and we can create our reality. We can create things in our existence. We can create the life that we desire to live. And what was the second question? What do you wish people would stop doing? Gosh, that's a good question. I think I wish people would stop beating up on themselves. I, I really do. I think that's one area that I can definitely point a finger at myself. There was a time, and I think you talked about it early in the show, is that, you know, we beat up on ourselves. And once we realize that we're these divine beings, we shouldn't have to do that. You know, we shouldn't have to do that because we can stand in our power and we can love ourselves and, you know, love others too. Just others being in our energetic field. If we love ourselves in a way that our beautiful energy, that unconditional love exudes out from us, others will feel that too. They'll feel that energy. I actually had a guest on and that's what her whole intention is, is to spread love. Well, right before the show, I tuned into her frequency and I could see pink. I was see hearing 528 hertz, which is the love vibration, the love frequency. And I played that in the background of our show. And I, even before I even met her, I was picking up on her energy and that's how powerful her energy was. And I think as we work on ourselves and our own self-love, we will naturally ripple that out to others. Yeah, that's fantastic. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your Sunday series that you're doing? Yeah. So I just started this. I thought, you know, I, I want to be able to teach people EFT tapping because this is a modality that once you learn it, you can do it on your own, right? So my whole spiel, 
you know, when I have people come to me as clients is I don't want to see you for a year. I don't want to see you every month for a year. I want you to learn these techniques and I want you to go and empower yourself and work on your own healing. I don't want to be the enabler. You know, I want to teach you, right? So I thought, you know, why not start an EFT tapping online group series where I can start teaching people how to tap and also providing an EFT tapping script for them. Because a lot of times people will say, well, I know the tapping points. I just don't know what to say. And so when it comes to EFT tapping, you're actually tapping on what would call the negative or the existing conscious beliefs, right? And then you're reprogramming the more positive, more healthy beliefs in there. And so a lot of people get hung up on what to say. And so you can find it on my website, theexistentialempath.com. And it's going to be on relieving anxiety and stress. I've got one lined up on attracting abundance, overcoming OCD, as well as I just can't get out of bed is another one. Like a lot of people are really having a hard time working in the matrix, so to speak. And they're like, I don't want to live in this life, in this reality anymore. How do I shift out of that? And so I've got a variety of them that will be coming up. Also overcoming grief and loss. That's going to be one that will also be a part of that too. And so if anyone is interested in that, definitely check out my website and sign up. And the power of a group session, and I'm sure, Karen, you know this, the energy is much more amplified, right? So when we have a group on there tapping and we're all speaking things, using our resonance, our voice, right? It is, ooh, boy, does that project it out, you know? So I'm looking forward to these group sessions because I think it's going to be powerful transformation. Does a person sign up for the entire series or one by one? No, we're going to do one by one. And I'm, I'm doing them on Sundays because I feel like that's a kind of a good day. Usually people are more relaxed and, you know, whatnot. And so, yeah, like I said, my first one will be August 20th. And then if you want to follow them, you can follow me on Instagram, The Existential Empath, or even Facebook. And I have a YouTube channel as well, The Existential Empath Podcast, where I'm posting them too. So you can follow me on any of those and you'll see which, you know, which one I'm doing. Right. Of course, we'll have links in the notes, but for the listeners that aren't at their computer. Anyhow, so that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you've been here with me today and we've talked about some of the really important things for people to know and to do. And is there anything you want to add? Anything else that you feel like needs to be said to people? Karen, honestly, really what I want to say is a healer isn't there to heal you. They're just there to guide you to your own internal knowledge, your own intuition to heal yourself. And so, you know, I think many of us who heal ourselves, we have this drive or craving to want to go and teach it to the world and to teach to others. And that's amazing. But yet it's when it crosses that line where people are heavily reliant on the healers. And that's where us as healers can drain our energy a little bit, if that's the case. And so really what I like to do is be able to empower others. So that way they can learn tips, tools, and techniques. Like when you came on my show, you shared a lot of tips, tools, and techniques on how to attract abundance in your life. And so my whole intention with my podcast is to not only share my tips and tools, but also the tools of others. So that way, every listener or every watcher can take what resonates and then move on, you know, with that and be able to add that to their little tool belt. And so I just enjoy doing that and being able to teach, but also learn as well, because we aren't always the teacher, right? <laughs> it's important for us to learn. Too. Sometimes we think we are, but we're not, are we? 
I think that's where I was going with that is that whether you're a healer or reaching out for healing, we're always learning and teaching from each other all the time. Well, and the thing is, so as you're leading an EFT group or individual sessions, but when you're leading a group, you're benefiting from what the other people need as well. So it's a fantastic reciprocal kind of thing. So Absolutely. And I, I'll tell you, it's funny because this is the neat thing about working in the quantum and working with energy is I'll be struggling with something that week and then I'll immediately attract clients that are struggling with the same because we're on the same vibration. Right. You know, they don't always realize that they're helping me too. But we'll end up kind of moving those programs out and healing both of us, you know, during that session. That's fantastic. Life is funny. You mentioned when someone says that's weird, right? I think we need to pay attention when we notice something or something's going on in our life and it doesn't seem right. You know, that's weird. I think that's really a key to pay attention. And why is it weird? What's weird about it? That's a great reminder, because if it looks out of place, there's a reason it's out of place, right? Exactly. All right. Well, obviously, I could keep talking for a long time. So thank you so much for being here, Tanya. And to my listeners, thank you for being here and hope to connect later. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N Podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, Connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. I hope to see you there.